0: There's only one. There's only one pod in the Motor City that's keeping you up to date on everything Detroit sports. This is The Daily Ticket with your host, Jeff Rieger. Hey everybody, what's going on? Jeff Rieger with you. Another episode of The Daily Ticket. This one for Thursday, September 21st, 2023. Once again in the backyard. No dog this time. But man, it's gorgeous. It is I'm a little tired, though, today, I must admit it, because I uh, tried to stay up late for the Tigers and the Dodgers series. I didn't make it. Made it till about the fourth inning. Do you know when you get older, because I'm old, you can't stay up anymore. Like, back in the day, maybe I was sick in the head, of course, but back in the day, I heard Dodgers and Tigers, West Coast games. I would plan my day around it. I would make sure I stayed up late. I'd get all my work done. I would bask in the glory of the West Coast game. Now I don't care. Now I'm tired. Is this normal? I'm only 48 years old. I'm not quite sure why this is the way it is. Like the Tigers have been out in la-la land for three games, right? And I've watched a combined three innings. Now I know the team isn't very good. And I know we're all focused on football, but still my entire life. Like the Wings go to Anaheim or the Kings, I want to watch. I like the West Coast affairs, the late starts. Pistons go to the Lakers or the Kings, I want to watch. But for some reason, I can't watch anymore. I just fall asleep. I sit in my very cozy recliner. And next thing I know, it's three in the morning. The game is over. And I mosey on up to bed. And I say to myself, what the hell has happened to me? Like, what's next? I've always thought of myself as a guy. That's going to watch sports. But, like, am I not going to watch the NBA final? Is that next? Am I not going to watch the Stanley Cup playoffs? Am I not going to watch the World Series if the Detroit teams aren't in it? Because, simply, I'm just going to fall asleep because I'm so old? I'm very concerned about my future. Is this happening to anybody else? Now, I will say this. Like, when the Lions played the Chiefs, the opener of the season, I was up till 3 in the morning. I was fired up, right? So maybe it just matters about what game you happen to be watching. But I remember in my 20s, again, I was a loser. I admit it. Tigers lost like 120 games that year, 96. But I would stay up. Tigers and the Angels, Tigers-Seattle, Tigers-Oakland A's. I would watch. Now, maybe I just have better things to do. That's what I'm going to tell myself. I have better things to do with my life. I don't believe that. I'm just old, and I fall asleep. Anybody with me, by the way? Comment section below. What age are you, and do you have the ability to stay up anymore? Like, I'd give you a real-life scenario. My brother's in town from San Francisco. Now, he's like 42, young at heart, though. He partied all weekend in Detroit. So I asked him, I'm like, how late should you be out to? It's like 4 a.m., And I said to him, but I was lying, I said to him, man, I wish I could have joined you. When I was really thinking, 4-8, are you insane? I'm in bed by 10.30. I had to have five cups of coffee to stay up to watch Colorado, Colorado State on Saturday night. Game started at 10, didn't end until 2.30. I love Coach Prime, but I was in and out of consciousness the entire time until the very end, which got exciting. I'm old, man. Now, I will say this. And then we're going to get on with the show. My wife and I, a couple of years ago, we went to New Orleans. Still in my 40s at that point. We went with a younger couple. That night, we stayed out till four in the morning. We out-partied the younger couple. So maybe I still have it in me. But man, I just fall asleep. I tried to watch the Tigers the other day. Out by the third inning. Very disheartening. Speaking of disheartening. Some people think Michigan football is disheartening. So the other day I was doing the podcast and, you know, I answer questions and I read the comments, a good and a bad one, every podcast. If you haven't joined us, by the way, please like and subscribe and rate and review. It would mean the world to me. But somebody asked me about J.J. McCarthy. Three picks against Bowling Green. Is it something to worry about? And I said, no, 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 please. He's going to learn from the struggles. You learn from personal struggles and adversity. You grow. But then I started looking a little more into it. Just because Michigan is getting ready to play the undefeated Rutgers Scarlet Knight in Ann Arbor. Noon kickoff at the big house. And this, without a doubt, is going to be Michigan's biggest test. I mean, duh. Michigan's played East Carolina. UNLV and Bowling Green, all three just horrendous teams. But the thing about Michigan that's so interesting is they haven't looked good against Cupcakes. They really haven't. I don't understand why, but they just haven't been dominant. They haven't covered not one time. And on Sunday, it's going to be a 24-point spread, and I would pick Rutgers to cover that game. Rutgers has had a tougher schedule. They're 3-0. They played Northwestern, Temple, and Virginia Tech. Scarlet Knights also can D it up a little bit. 17th best defense in the country and the third best defense in the Big Ten. This is going to be a tougher test for Michigan, and I would pick Rutgers to cover. But if you don't want to focus on the game, let's focus on the actual question. Were the three picks something to worry about? What's going on with Donovan Edwards? Why isn't Michigan blowing these teams out? And the narrative around Ann Arbor, and it's kind of a weird narrative for the second-ranked team in the country, it's that they're bored. Like, I I know they're playing cupcakes. Next year they play Texas, so maybe they won't be bored. But that's a weak narrative. It really is. And I you must admit I bought it for a second or two, but they're bored. So, why are you bored? Like, you're playing inferior teams. You should go up and beat the living crap out of them, correct? And then, you know, sit on the bench for the second half, cheer on the teammates, and then away you go. You get ready for a tougher competition. Michigan scored 30 against VCU. They scored 35 against UNLV. They only put up 31 against Bowling Green. And if you want to focus on the Bowling Green game, they were up 7-6 to six for a large majority of that game. At the half, it was 14-6. to six. And by the way, Bowling Green would have been in it, but they didn't have their starting quarterback. He was injured. Their backup quarterback did a nice job moving the football until he got injured. And they had their third-string quarterback in, a guy that doesn't even rank on the depth chart, and that's when Michigan really took over. So if you want to say bored, I don't buy the narrative because don't you quickly become unbored? Like, what's the opposite of bored? Riveted, locked in, when you're down 14-6 at the freaking half. But I'm supposed to believe this board narrative? And then what about J.J. McCarthy? Three picks against Bowling Green. 8-13, of 13, 143 in the air, two touchdowns, three picks. Two of the picks were really bad choices, really bad reads. Another pick, facing pressure. I'm not quite sure it was his fault. I watched it back a couple different times. I might give him a pass on that one. But J.J. McCarthy looked fantastic against UNLV. He looked fantastic against ECU. He was completing passes at like a 90% clip, but that's what you do when you play against garbage football teams. But then Bowling Green, kind of a garbage football team, and what the hell happened? Three of six on deep balls. That's not very good. One on three on intermittent throws from 10 to 20 yards. And then all of his production, and I got this on Zach Smith's podcast, you know, the former OSU coach that I had to leave. All of his production were on play action. All of them. When he dropped back, those were the picks. All three interceptions were on dropbacks. And the other thing I noticed about J.J. McCarthy, and maybe it's not a big deal because You are a prisoner to what you see on TV. I wasn't at the game. I was just watching, right? But the other thing I noticed was the first and second pick, J.J. looked inconsolable. Third pick, too. Like, J.J. McCarthy went right over to the bench, and instead of shaking it off or throwing his helmet or being pissed off about it, he had his teammates run over to him almost immediately to console him. Like, I thought that was weird. Maybe I'm reading way too much into it. But usually, J.J. McCarthy, people wanted him to be a Heisman candidate. You throw a pick, you get bummed, you get pissed. You get go out, you get it again. But instead, he went back out after getting consoled by his teammates and threw more picks. So I don't know what that means. But I just found it interesting. I found it a little glaring. I don't know if it's something or nothing with how bummed out and down in the dumps he seemed to got. After he threw picks. It's not the end of the world. You're playing Bowling Green. You're going to be able to come back. So yes, two good games against UNLV and ECU for JJ. But a horrendous game. An absolute horrendous game against Bowling Green. Is it reason to struggle? Or is it reason for concern, I should say? Blake Corum's been fine. 12 carries, 101 yards in that game. 8.4 yards per carry. He seems like he's recovering from his injury. He doesn't have that breakaway speed, but I would argue he never really did. Blake Corum is a very good, if not great, running back. But he doesn't have that breakaway, game-breaking speed. He just doesn't. You might think he does, but he doesn't. I know he was up for the Heisman last year, but he just doesn't in my mind. But you know who does is Donovan Edwards. And what is going on with the West Bloomfield native? Donovan Edwards, nine carries, 50 yards in that game against Bowling Green. Do you know he has yet to score a touchdown? Do you know that he's at a 3.6 yards per carry clip? Last year, he was at 7.1, which was better than Blake Corum, believe it or not. What's happened to Donovan Edwards? I don't quite get it. He had a nice run against Bowling Green where he was caught from behind. That's not the breakaway speed that we're used to seeing. This is a legit home run threat that has yet to show it in three games this season. Now, I will say this. He, too, is coming back from surgery, right? The partially torn patella tendon. He thought he had tendonitis. Apparently, it was something more, so he got it taken care of. So maybe this, what you see, is a byproduct of him trying to get back up the game speed. But Donovan Edwards does not look like vintage Donovan Edwards. Michigan working in two new offensive linemen, offensively, does not look like the Michigan offense we saw last year. J.J. McCarthy throwing picks against Bowling Green. A team, by the way, that's horrendous. You add it all together, and I have to apologize for my response when I was asked the question in an earlier podcast. I am worried about Michigan. Now, will they come out and beat the crap out of Rutgers? And then you can come back at me and say, Rieger, you are worried for nothing? I mean, that's fine. I hope it happens. Bowling Green only had six missed tackles. Pretty good tackling. But they're Bowling Green. Bowling Green had two drops in the end zone. Like, this should have been a more competitive game. If Bowling Green, the Falcons, didn't have bad break after bad break after bad break. Yes, I'm worried about Michigan. No, I don't believe the board thing. Because what sense does that make? You play 12 of these a year. If you're in the Big Ten title game at 13th, if you make a bowl game or the PCFP, it's 14-15. Like, you don't play that much football. You wait all year long for football. You prepare for football. I don't believe the we're bored. How does that even make sense? That's just the Michigan narrative. It's stupid. Well, you know, we're bored. If you really think about it, why? That's a problem in itself if you truly are bored. 14-6 and a half, people. 14-6 14-6 at the half, and now you got Rutgers. And by the way, I can't prove this, but Greg Schiano, I don't think, likes Jim Harbaugh. And by the way, Rutgers, I can prove this, led in Piscataway at the half last year against Michigan. Now Michigan in the second half came out, beat the crap out of them. And by the way, you're getting Jim Harbaugh back. I don't know why it took me so long to say that. He missed the first three games, the self-imposed sanction, the suspension. But Jim will be back, so maybe you think the offense will be better. We'll wait, we'll see. But I don't think Rutgers is going to roll over, people. Third best defense in the Big Ten. Can't throw the ball to save their life, but you know what they can do? They can run the football. Now, the way you beat Michigan is you throw the football. Rutgers can't do that. So I do think when it's push comes to shove, Michigan wins the football game. I think it's going to be their toughest test. But if you look at who Rutgers has played, Northwestern, Temple, Virginia Tech, those three teams all would go undefeated, in my opinion, against UNLV, Bowling Green, and, of course, East Carolina. So I broke it down the best I could. JJ, what you saw on Saturday, that was awful. It was a bad performance. But is it something more? You tell me. What's up with Donovan Edwards? Like, this is a kid that you're counting on. Maybe it is simply just coming back from a bad knee, right? I ask you, what is the concern level for Michigan football? At first, I believe the board narrative. At first, I was a little bit con- uh, not concerned. But I think the more you think about it, the more you realize, the more you break it down as you get ready for Rutgers. I think there's reason for concern. Comment section below. Are you concerned about the Wolverines? Let me know. Let me know. In the meantime, let's get to some comments, shall we? I got a lot of good comments today. I'm going to read them all. I did a podcast the other day about DeAndre Swift. I thought I was going to get attacked, made fun of, called names. But you know what happened? People seem to like it and agree with me. I said the Lions should not have traded DeAndre Swift. I also said the Lions should have drafted Jalen Carter, maybe instead of Jameer Gibbs. I understand that means you don't get Sam Laporta. But let me read you some good reactions before we get to the bad from that podcast. And by the way, please keep up the comments, the rates, the reviews. I'll read them all. I hopefully can interact with a lot. And then I pick one or two or three to read on the podcast each day. This one comes from Buy YouTube Views 995. Says something very nice. Your videos always make me feel like I'm part of a community. Thank you. How about that? That's was very nice. How about this one from Loops and Chocolate? Sports opinions aren't as vile as bad political takes. Trust, they are the only two things I pay attention to on social. Your commentary is spot on regarding the Lions, Swift, Carter, Montgomery, and Gibbs. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you, Mr. or Mrs. Loops and Chocolate. And then I got one more for you. This one from D'Angelo Bethiad, 9485. Hopefully I didn't screw that name up. Great video. Love your take. Jalen Carter fell into our lap. We passed. Freaking unbelievable. We needed interior line help, and the best defensive lineman falls to us, and we whiff on the pick only to see him get drafted by the Eagles. This might be a hot take, but can we please begin to question Brad Holmes' draft strategy? Signing injured players that do not produce. Jack Campbell at 18. Are you kidding me? Kalijah Kansi was available. Quinton Johnson was still on the board. So was Nolan Smith. Holmes thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, but he's unfortunately, these boneheaded decisions prove he's too smart for his own good, costing the Lions organization years of mediocrity. I think that's a little hard on Brad Holmes. I need to wait and see just a little bit. Let's not forget, we think Brad Holmes did a nice enough job to rebuild this thing in like the span of two years. And last year, the draft hit. Malcolm Rodriguez, six-round pick. James Houston, six-round pick. Kirby Joseph, third-round pick. Now, this year, those guys aren't playing as well, and now some go; those guys are injured. But I'm going to wait. going to pump the brakes on the Brad Holmes hate. I still believe in Brad Holmes, but I do appreciate the comment from D'Angelo Bathea, 9483. So there you go. And by the way, if they lose to Atlanta on Sunday, there is going to be more, and I do mean more questioning of Brad Holmes, because if you lose to Atlanta, odds are B. John Robinson does a nice job helping the Falcons win. And, of course, you could have drafted him, too. Let's get to the bad comment, shall we? This actually is a question. I deserve this. Here, I'm going to get serious. Let me take that off. I deserve this. So I'll just read it. Rieger, are you ready to admit you were dead wrong about your love for Justin Fields? The answer, short answer is yes. The long answer is, am I allowed to wait until after the season? But Fields has been horrendous. Two games, 10 sacks, three interceptions, including a pick six, under 500 yards, 60% completion percentage, a 22.2 QBR. Yikes. I'm going to hold out to the end of the season before I officially write him off, but I love Justin Fields. I love his raw ability. I really thought this was the year. They went out, they got DJ Moore. They went out, they got offensive line help. I thought the Bears were going to be for real in the NFC North. Looks like I was dead wrong. So, yeah, I'm not going to admit it right now. I'm going to let him play 15 more games this season. Then I will tell you if I was right or wrong. But right now, it looks like a horrendous, horrendous take by me. I thought he might win the MVP this year. He's got a lot of work to do. So there you go. Comment section below. Rate, review. Please subscribe. Daily ticket anywhere you get your podcasts. I appreciate y'all. We'll catch you next time. But comment section below. Are you worried about Michigan football as Rutgers comes in to town? Rutgers, the undefeated Rutgers Scarlet Knights. And then, if you do want to tell me, do you find yourself as an older person falling asleep way too early? It makes you kind of disgusted with yourself. You can hit on that too, please. Cause I'm kind of disgusted with that. I'm tired too. Yeah. All right. We'll catch you next time. The Daily Ticket. Enjoy your day, everybody. Goodbye.